I was uh, recently talking to a friend uh, the other week who's a brother in Christ, and um, he shared with me about this group of friends that he has that are mostly believers. And he was genuinely wrestling if getting together with them was simply enough. He was explaining to me that he really enjoys this group of friends and that it's really, they've really made him, him and his family feel so welcome. And they laugh together, they have fun together, then, and they've been connecting together now for a little bit over a year. But then he said this to me. He said something on the lines of, Aram, I really like being in this group. I feel like it could be something special about this group, but I feel like there's something missing. Um, if our conversations don't have more meaning and the more we get together, if it kind of continues just to feel like we're having fun or just enjoying one another, I feel like these relationships will just fizzle out in the end. Um, and he genuinely did not want that to happen, but he felt the trajectory of this group that if something doesn't change, what what it may not end up being a, the special group that he had hoped for. And since he shared that story with me, this conversation has kind of just stuck in my mind because it made me think about what it really means to be with other believers in Christ. He had experienced hospitality with them, where he and his family felt so welcome by this group of brothers and sisters in Christ. But it, I think for, for, for that, something that he said really touched on something very important for us to think about, is that should there be a difference in the hospitality that we experience within the church? Should there be a difference? You know, we've been talking about hospitality that we need to extend to other people outside of the church as well as those that are different from us. But is there a distinction in the hospitality that we experience with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ? I think for many of us, maybe some of us can relate to that and have even felt this tension when we connect with other believers. That though we are with other brothers and sisters in Christ, there seems to be maybe something that is lacking. And I think the reason for that feeling is that because within the body believers, our hospitality involves much more than making people just feel welcome. There is a shape that we must be mindful of in our hospitality to meet the deeper needs within the body of Christ. And this is what we see here that the early church addresses in Acts 2 as the community life of God's people begin to unfold. And it still applies to us today. And what we see here is that hospitality within the body of believers takes its shape through our life in the Spirit. It takes its shape through our life in the Spirit. That distinctiveness of life in the Spirit ought to make our hospitality different within the body of Christ. Now, what does that look like? Where does it look like where it shapes our hospitality within the church of God? In this familiar passage uh, in the early church, I want to look at the interconnectedness of the four practices here that were really birthed 
from their life in the Holy Spirit. Because these four practices is what gave shape to their hospitality, where they experienced God's love through one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. So we're going to look at these four things. The first is hospitality within the church takes shape through having space to wrestle with the teachings of Jesus, through wrestling with the teachings of Jesus. Beginning of verse uh, 42, we read, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The passage comes off the heels here of Pentecost, and the movement of God was really coming through now through the Holy Spirit where those that who, there were, there are many people that believed in Christ's death and resurrection. And then we see this movement happening among God's people for the first time, where they're feeling this, the powerful effect, the powerful pull of the Spirit of God challenging their lives as what it means to follow the risen Christ. Prior to this point, to the, for the Jews, they were committed to a particular way of living, to, to these religious practices. There were rituals, there were sacrifices and worship at the temple. All these things that they knew that were involved to honor Yahweh. But at this particular moment in history, the story of Israel has opened up. It's opened up where God's spirit is now being, is actually joined and connected to the physical body of the people of God. The Holy Spirit is now within each and every person who believes that Jesus believed in Christ's death and resurrection. You see, for them, life as they understood it was, it was literally changing before their eyes. And this new reality was emerging because now they had to wrestle with the implications of following the teachings of Jesus. And so the Spirit led them to devote themselves to wrestle with the apostles' teachings. In other words, they wrestled with all that Jesus had taught the 12 disciples, and they devoted themselves to understanding its meaning and the implications of what that meant for their life and what needed to change. Teachings like, love your enemies, that we read, in Matthew 5. Teachings like, you cannot serve two masters. You have to choose. It's either God or money that we read in Matthew 6. Teachings like, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me that we read in Luke 9. And the list goes on and on of all the different teachings that Jesus taught the 12. And so when we read how the Holy Spirit led them to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. It wasn't so that they could gain head knowledge so that they can teach, uh, teach others. Devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching inevitably led them to share about their wrestle in their own lives with these teachings of Jesus. This wasn't a classroom. This was what they did in one another's homes. And this is such an important aspect of the early church's hospitality because it was a space to wrestle with the teachings of Jesus. This is what the Spirit of God did in the early church to do with one another. And so when I think about the church today, 
I think this is where we have historically focused our attention when we gather. Churches have always created spaces to learn the scriptures. Every Sunday, we get together here. Our time is primarily around the study of scripture. We've created spaces in the church, in our homes, to gather and study scripture to learn its meanings. Even just to plug, uh, currently, we're in a season of rebooting community life, and growth groups are one of the ways that you can enter into the church community here at Sunset, where you can have a rhythm with other brothers and sisters around the studying of scripture, uh, uh, studying of scripture-based material. We even have seasonal Bible studies that our brother Bill Lee and other members of the church, Eddie and Steve, they're all helping create this space to, the, to facilitate where you can actually go deeper. I think right now they're going into the book of Job. I, I think people can, can continue to sign up. Um, maybe you can talk if you know Bill. Yeah, he's nodding his head. You can. But we have these spaces, and these spaces are absolutely necessary because it is through the teachings of Jesus and the apostles that we can understand what God asks of us. Without the scriptures that have the words and life of Jesus and the history of God's revelation in Israel, we wouldn't know what God asks of us. So it's great that we always prioritize this. However, a learning space doesn't equal a hospitable space. But what we learn tends to lead us to share what we're wrestling with. Because inevitably, our lives are challenged by what we learn and what Jesus asks of, us, uh, asks of us, which really then connects to the second practice of hospitality within the church that we see happening here, that it's through the church, that it takes its shape through the fellowship we have together, through the fellowship. Verse 42, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship we see that not only did the Spirit lead them uh, to wrestle with the apostles' teaching, but also to what's called the fellowship. Fellowship, it's such a Christian word, isn't it? <laughs> we hear that word a lot if you've been around the church for a long time. Christians, I feel like, are the, we're like the only ones that use this word <laughs> on a regular basis. Um, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I just fellowship with some brothers and sisters, you know, say things like that. Um, we have announcement, come join us in fellowship at the patio or fellowship with us for snacks, for coffee, for a cause. Fellowship with the, come to this Sunday night to join in basketball fellowship. You know, we just, we, we tend to like throw this word around. And usually when we say this word, we basically mean that we just want to, to get together with other Christians in this very casual way. It's Christian hangout time, right? <laughs> Um, if you're hanging out with Christians, then we call that fellowship. But in the way that Luke and Paul use this word in the New Testament, it's really not meant to be so casual. The word he uses here is koinonia in the Greek, koinonia. And koinonia was often used to describe the type of mutuality that takes place in a marriage. You see, fellowship was much more than just casually hanging out with other believers. They devoted themselves to have this real sense of connection between 
and for each other. Anytime a word is compared to marriage, we're talking about a deeper intimacy that people have. A deep knowing of each other is really at the heart of koinonia. And the sense of connection happens as they wrestle and share aloud about the ways that the Spirit of God is challenging them to live as they wrestle with the teachings of Jesus. You see, fellowship, koinonia, here in the early church, it had this environment where they wrestled together, where, you know, in in all honesty, at that time, no one was an expert on how they ought to live. They weren't being discipled, in a sense, by the, uh, by the apostles. The apostles didn't have the bandwidth to be in every person's life. And so the church at that time, they're processing in real time. The Holy Spirit just came upon them, and they're being challenged by what, they're be- what, what Jesus is, ca- is asking of them to do. And so they're in this space where they're actually sharing about how difficult it is to to follow Christ in in light of the way that they were used to living. And these people were very religious people, going to the temple and worshiping, but they're now being led to a new way that Jesus is showing them as they follow him. And in the midst of that, their intimacy grew because we realized that Jesus, he, he... Asking, he asks of us to live at such a high standard where it reflects who he is. And the more that they realize what he's asking of them, they needed that space to be able to share about how hard it was. No one was an expert here, but there was a mutual understanding that the Spirit was leading them to obey him. And it was something that was very hard to do. And so in this fellowship, Again, we just see the word fellowship. But what's really happening in the space is there is an honest wrestling together, a sharing aloud with each other, and where this deeper layer of intimacy happened within the church. That was the fellowship that was happening in the early church, and that really shaped what hospitality looked like back then. In our church today, having this type of fellowship, uh, it really comes in pockets, doesn't it? It's not the norm for the whole church, the entire church, to have this type of environment to share about what we're wrestling with in our lives. Because unfortunately, to share about these things really takes vulnerability about what we wrestle with. And it takes a lot of trust between people. In the early church, when you think about it, people were really at the same level of, of wrestling with the challenges that, were being, that they were confronting as they wrestled with the teachings of Jesus. And when everyone can be honest about that difficulty and share that aloud to each other, that is where trust can be developed and true fellowship can emerge. And so for that to happen in our church today, that, re- that requires vulnerability and trust with others. This is what the Holy Spirit led the early church to do. And the Spirit needs to continue to do that work in us today because that type of fellowship shapes 
the hospitality that we have with one another. I believe that the challenge for us to be vulnerable uh, with others about what we struggle with in our pursuit for Jesus, it really is very difficult within our church context. It's not so easy. When you think about it, it really is a huge challenge, I think, within our context. I feel like in different spaces of people that I talk to, that has been something where they would verbalize to me with this group of friends, I don't know if I can share these things. I don't know if I'm able to. Even think about yourselves. How honest are you with others in the church about what you wrestle with? Maybe it's about your character, or maybe it's about your fundamental faith if you actually believe in God, or maybe it's about what you feel God leading you to do to get involved with. Do you share these things aloud with other brothers and sisters? Do you even create that space for other people to share where you're where they can share without judgment, where they can share where your goal isn't to teach them something. You see, creating true fellowship also means learning how to respond and how we receive someone's vulnerability. We had a discussion um, recently with, uh, with leaders in our church, and we were talking about the challenges that we have in community as we talked about um, how when someone shares vulnerably, um, how some people, how some of us, not some people, but some of us don't really know how to respond when someone is just honest about what's going on in their lives. I don't know about you if you've been in this context with other people, other brothers and sisters, where someone shares vulnerably from the heart, and then afterwards, there's just silence. <laughs> Have you ever been in that situation where it's, Someone shares it. There's silence, or someone just shares, you know, hey, thanks for sharing that. And then they just move on to the next thing. Uh, I've been at that so many times, and it's super awkward. <laughs> it's super awkward to know, like, someone just shared from the heart, and we're moving on. And I think some of us don't know that, that there's a need to respond to that type of vulnerability. Or some of us are, tend to be, after someone shares something deep, we're quick to teach what, you know, something about God that they need to think about. But when you start teaching, that person can often feel like, wow, they didn't hear what I really said. They're not sitting with me. And so there's a need to really learn also as well how to respond and receive someone's vulnerability. Because when you're not doing that, there's no trust that can develop. And if there's no trust, there's no koinonia, there's no fellowship that can develop that we see here in the scripture. When someone shares vulnerably, we need to learn how to respond well so that we can grow in trusting one another. That can be simply just to respond by saying, hey, look, you know, that took a lot of courage for you to share that story. And thank you for trusting us with that story. Just appreciate that you had that type of courage and vulnerability with us. Being able to acknowledge that. That's receiving someone's heart, someone's, someone's uh, vulnerability. Or maybe it's also to respond with an honest story that you relate with you know, and, and sharing that um, on your own, or from your, you know, from your own experience. I think one of the best small groups, I've shared this in the past, but sometimes I think I feel like this is pre-COVID, so this is maybe new for uh, some of you. But one of the best spaces that I've ever had 
in a group context was when my wife and I decided to share about how hard our marriage was with our community group. And up to that point, no one had shared anything personal. We were with them for two years, and all we were studying the scriptures and kind of sharing what we thought it meant, but no one was sharing anything personal. And so we decided, hey, let's just, let's be honest and let's see what happens. <laughs> let's see what happens because we need help, man. You know, like our marriage is suffering. These are our supposed friends. We, we need them to pray for us. So we just said, hey, let's just throw it out there and see what happens. So that next gathering, we shared about a recent fight that we had had and how hard it was and really sharing with our group from the heart at that moment. And what happened after that was that couple after couple, people started sharing about their fights. And then it became like this contest of whose fight, whose fight was worse? <laughs> but it was one of the most freeing spaces to be in with other brothers and sisters because we were laughing together and crying together all because we all knew that marriage is hard. Trying to have a marriage for the glory of God is very difficult. But what I learned from that community group was that sometimes it just takes one person to be honest. It takes one person for koinonia to happen within a body of believers. And it also takes the response of the community where, you know, whether it's affirming, they're affirming our story or even just, again, it just like bounced around, people sharing and relating. There was something that was so powerful and beautiful about that that really felt that vulnerability and trust develop, that koinonia that we desire in our community. This is what the early church felt in their fellowship, their koinonia. And that fellowship shaped the character of their hospitality. For you, when you think about this space, what do you need to grow in? Is God asking you to have courage, to be no more vulnerable in what you share with your friends in the church, with your growth group, with your discipleship group, with, with your life group? Or maybe God is telling you to learn how to respond better when people actually share from the heart so that trust can develop. Again, we're, sometimes we're so quick to say something, but sometimes we just need to learn how to receive, to affirm, affirm their courage, share something similar. You know, I encourage you, as I mentioned, that um, if you have close friends in the church and you want to deepen your fellowship, your koinonia with them uh, as you wrestle with scripture. One of the th spaces that I mentioned is, is this whole discipleship group space. This is something that we've been venturing into for the last couple of years and really trying to open up to the church. It's one of the group spaces in our community life that we, that we have, the discipleship group. And it's really meant to deepen fellowship. You can learn more about that on our website, and we encourage you to, to do that. But maybe God is challenging you to grow in vulnerability and trust with others. And so maybe that's something you can do is to create a discipleship group of three to five people, trusted people. 
And that's what needs to happen within the body of Christ to shape our hospitality. Thirdly, hospitality within the church takes shape through the breaking of bread. Verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship to the breaking of bread. Verse 46, it says, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts. This phrase, the breaking of bread, um, it's really been kind of debated of what it means here in Acts 2. Is Luke talking about communion or is he talking about having meals together? You know, I'm sure they, the, the early church had spaces for communion, but here he's not referring to the Lord's Supper. This is really just talking about the table fellowship over a meal where meals were always started with the breaking of bread, with the tearing of a loaf of bread, where they share bread with one another. And I love how the Spirit of God really led God's people here to devote themselves to the breaking of bread in one another's homes because conversations with people around food, it's really just a different layer of intimacy, don't you think? I don't know about you, but if I were to only have deep and serious conversations with other brothers and sisters, I'll just be honest with you, it would really drain me. <laughs> I would feel so drained every time um, because sometimes these serious conversations, it isn't life-giving. In all honesty, at times it can be life-sucking, you know, <laughs> if you ever be in that space. But the early church shared meals. They created this non-intimidating space to share food, accept one another. And I'm sure around these tables, there was, there was laughter. Sometimes it got serious, but sometimes it didn't. But there's this layer that is revealed about ourselves when our guards are down that really help us see each other that leads to a deeper love and understanding. And that's what really happens within table fellowship, this breaking of bread, this sharing of meals, where it can be such a joyful time that leads to comfort and trust that is absolutely needed so that we can go deeper in our relationships as we wrestle with our faith and walking with God. I'd like to think that all of us here have experienced these connections with others over a shared meal. And creating this more casual space is also an important part of our hospitality within the body of Christ. I think one of the challenges that we have in our church is that we, especially as families, we tend to be more private. I've felt that in our church. I think in talking with even some of the adults in their 20s and 30s, um, having people over for meals outside of family was actually not a common practice that they grew up in. And I think that needs to be addressed because it's such an important part for our relationships within the, uh, within the body here to develop, to go deeper and it's through this hospitality of breaking bread, of sharing meals that we can have together. There's something different about sharing meals, but that also involves opening up our home, 
allowing people to come into our private spaces because there's an intimacy in that space that happens as we do that. The church body doesn't build depth in relationships simply around studying scripture. It happens when we make room for others and break bread with them. What might God be asking you to change, to grow in this aspect of hospitality, in the breaking bread, in the breaking of bread with others? Maybe God's asking you to change your rhythms. I know so many of us have these rhythms where every week it's family. Every week we have dinner with our families. And I think it's a good thing. I'm not pushing against having dinner with your immediate family. But if it's at the cost of not in being able to invite other people in, uh, and where scripture here shows that this is such an important part of the body to have, I, I want to challenge you in that. Maybe it's to adjust, to make room in your family rhythm, to have people over to not just be with your immediate family, but to open yourselves up to the church. And yes, that required, that, I know that muscle is difficult. I even know that that conversation, I'm sure even with your immediate family might be hard. Like, what, you don't wanna spend time with us? You need to change your schedule, what, for church? You know, but at the same time, this is what's needed for our body to deepen and grow, to have these, table fellowship with other people. Maybe it means that you need to adjust your budget, maybe to make meals for other brothers and sisters, to have that kind of generosity within the body of Christ. Or maybe it's not, maybe it's just to open up your home and just go potluck, you know? Have people over, be creative with this space of sharing a meal together. But it's such an important part for, for us to grow in this hospitality. Because for the early church, this is what the Spirit led them to do, they, to actually value the space together. And it needs to, out, to challenge us as we think about what needs to change for us to grow in our hospitality with one another. Lastly, hospitality within the church takes shape through prayer. Verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. You know, we're not certain if they're talking about the Lord's Prayer or maybe a set of prayers that emerged at that time. But the notion here in the early church is that they sought to depend on God. They sought God's direction. They depended on God for his help because they're in a time where they're actively submitting their life Life is changing. The Spirit of God is in them, calling them to do different things than they're used to because life isn't so ritualistic anymore. God is in them to love and to reach, and their life is changing, and they realize that's very uncomfortable when God's Spirit is asking me to do this. And so they pray. That's why they prayed in the midst of them learning and sharing with each other uh, the challenges to both live out life following Christ in these intimate and casual settings. At the end of the day, they needed the help of God to live this out. 
And so they devoted themselves to prayer. And this is part of how they cared for one another because they knew to obey what Jesus asks of them. They need to be praying for God's divine power to work in them so that they can change. You know, prayer isn't just something that we just do as Christians. I think some of us growing up in the church, we just know we got to tack on prayer before we eat. We just get into these rhythms and even just the same rhythms of how we pray, just almost ritualistic. But the early church, they, they, they practiced prayer in a way where they depended on God because their life was changing and it was difficult to live out what God was asking of them. They saw their limits and the need for the power of the Spirit to work in them. And that's how they saw it. And it's something that we too need to allow to shape us because that also as well shapes our hospitality with one another. That we actually care about one another to the point of praying for and depending on God to do that work in us. You see, it's different. Hospitality within the church context within brothers and sisters, it's multi-layered. It's not just a welcoming space, but, it's a, but there's much more depth to it because we are trying to follow Jesus. We are wrestling with our lives. We're trying to wrestle with the things that we find difficult to follow and we need one another's help and prayer and we need to be doing this together. These four practices devotion to teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. You know, the goal isn't that our hospitality is that we do all these things every time to get together, you know? <laughs> it's not like, check off, oh, we did it, you know? That made it, what a great night together, you know? That's not what hospitality I'm, I'm talking about. The goal isn't doing that, all these things every time. But I think... These things have to shape our hospitality in general. It has to help us understand what is involved when we gather together as believers. And this is what our life in the Spirit leads us to do with one another in our hospitality. You know, when I think about my friend, um, I think he really enjoys the breaking of bread with other brothers and sisters. Uh, he really enjoyed that. But I, what I can hear from him sharing with me is that it lacked times of koinonia. It lacked deeper sharing of what we're wrestling with in our lives in light of what Jesus asks us, asks of us to do. It lacked times of really praying and depending on God and caring for one another in that way that we really do need from other believers. You see, all these aspects of the community life that we see here in the early church, it informs our hospitality, what it looks like with brothers and sisters. There's time for breaking bread. There's time for studying the scriptures. But there's times for sharing vulnerably. There's times where we need to pray together. All these things, it is distinctively different when we are living out our life in the Spirit, because all these things are involved within the household of God and how we um, live together. 
and when we engage with these things in our homes, then our hospitality can meet the needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so let's grow together in this church. Let's grow in this. Let's not just focus on one, but understand the, the multifaceted layers that we have in how we grow in our hospitality with one another. Let's pray. Just take a moment to pray and um, invite the Lord to, to open your own heart as to where you are and when you think about your participation in the community life of church, your participation in how hospitable you are with other brothers and sisters. Have we made it just about one thing? Have we made it just about studying together? Or have we really made it about how the Spirit leads us and challenges us and how we need to share with these difficulties of living out our life of faith before the Lord, leading us to share, leading us to laugh and cry and pray together? Do we lack the vulnerability, the trust? Maybe we can invite God, Lord, help me to grow in these things. Help me have courage. Help me learn to listen be quick to listen and slow to speak so that we can really grow this muscle of hospitality with one another and thrive just as the early church did, where as they were doing these things, people were being added and added because they truly were a city on a hill. Let's pray and ask the Lord to do that before I close. Thank you for the testimony of the early church. We see the life that's there. We see the honesty that's there. We see the movement of your spirit that's leading them to wrestle, to fellowship, to break bread, to depend on you. God, I think sometimes we are looking for that but then we realize it may just actually have to start with us. It starts with me. God, help. I pray that you would help each and every one of my brothers and sisters here to be courageous, to be the one that opens up their home, to be the one that opens up their life, to share about how they wrestle with you. I pray that you would help us to be people of your word that actually wrestle with things that you have to say and who you are and what you ask of us because that's what challenges us. That's what presses against our life. May your spirit lead us to be challenged so we can share these things with one another, pray together and be able to really be that space for one another. It feels your hospitality because you have shown us. You've opened your life. You've broken your body for us. We pray that you would help us 
to do that with one another so we can be able to experience depth in our fellowship, in our hospitality with one another. We just thank you. We lift these things in Christ's name.